One of the things that I realized happened to me in that very moment that is so important and so critical was that so much of my identity was tied up into that work. But what happened to me in the moment that that leader said to me, I was the worst person on the team, I believed her. So so when she said, you're the worst person on the team, my brain didn't go, well, there is no evidence for that. I just had a performance review, right? All the things that I just said to you, my brain said, oh, no. This person, these people, this this company that I respect so much thinks that I am underperforming. How do I become better? Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Hello, hello, awesome tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. I find today's episode incredibly appropriate, as for some reason, the very subject matter we're going to touch on happens to be so relevant. See, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid, something I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. I'm from a different time, though, where I was taught to, you know, to strike a balance between sucking it up and recognizing bullying from just, you know, telling it apart from just playful schoolyard, you know, teasing and standing up for myself, even if it meant pulling up my fists and, you know, if it meant a bruised lip or two or broken rib or just, like, you know, just piling someone to the ground or if someone went over the line. These things were not uncommon. But, you know, life happens. But I'm from another time. I cannot, however, speak to some of you who, you know, who had to deal with some particular traumas. You know, some people who've experienced, you know, childhood events and, you know, have had to carry that weight well into their adulthood and sadly into their workplace as well. Because the truth is, personally, in the grand scheme of things, I'll admit that I never took the time to put a label on it. But as much as my nice guy tendencies would have me believe otherwise, some of the worst bullies can often be found in the very place where you work. After doing some digging and also through conversation with today's guest, I realized that workplace bullying is a very real thing. There's an actual prevalence of it in North America. A January 2021 workplace bullying survey conducted by the Workplace Bullying Institute estimates about 30% of Americans have suffered abusive conduct at work. That's about 48.6 million Americans. If these numbers seem unreal, imagine the stories of the people who have experienced them firsthand. I believe it made for a very interesting and educational exchange with today's guest, Zanika Chapman, which happened to just grace this humble podcast with her insights, expertise, wit, and incredible truth. You guys know I admire people who have tapped into their purpose with a clear sense of direction and drive, and Zanika is one of those. Zanika is a certified personal and executive coach, workplace trauma expert, trainer, and speaker, helping her clients rediscover their inner strength and confidence. As a trained journalist and communication strategist, Zanika uses her unique background to help her clients reimagine what's possible for them and design a career and life they love. She decided to take a stand against corporate bullies after she was left emotionally broken by a pair of workplace bullies at the height of her career. Once she realized that too many women, especially women of color, had experiences similar to hers, Zanika decided to take a stand against workplace bullies and help other women learn to stand up, speak out, and be heard in the workplace and beyond. This episode is an emotional one. Zanika's story and mission are truly noteworthy, 
and it's an honor to bring you this wonderful exchange. On this episode, recognizing workplace bullying as it happens, knowing when it's not just in your head, not giving away your power, the importance of guiding principles for finding your personal strength, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 198 with Zanika Chapman. Here we go. I'm really enthused about having you on because as I like to scroll, I like to open all the episodes is the fact I always want to celebrate the guest. And what I mean by celebrating is because that, as you know, as I told you, I don't really do a lot of like, you know, super duper, like deep dive information because I believe that basically, uh, that basically, you know, waters down the intimacy and, you know, just the entire curiosity, curiosity of the, of the exchange. But for you, I really want to thank you. Because I, having listened to a couple of your podcasts and read some of your content and watched some of your videos, I realized that you come from a very sincere place, helping women, you know, not have to go through uh, the unfortunate trauma and misadventures, let's call them as such, if you were just one made very, very polished about it, that you had to go through in your own journey, whether through workplace bullying, through all your writings and your content and your teachings, which I realized that it was a very real issue. And sometimes you didn't, I don't, I didn't actually think you could actually put a term on it. And I realized it's an actual big issue, not just with people of color, but especially for us, because it's for some reason we get a lot of it, but I don't need to make it overly political or controversial, but it is true. It's a reality that we have to deal with both as men and women, but through your work and you reaching out to women who are unfortunately, as I say, like hesitant or afraid or ashamed to actually speak out and speak up and lean into their power and lean to their grace and lean into that next person who can actually, you know, help them and understand them and take them out of that trauma. We need people like you. And that's why I really applaud you for all the work that you're doing and all the work that you're still doing, you know, in both in truth, honesty and sincerity, because that's the kind of people that we want to promote and, you know, just bring on to this program, because a lot of us can resonate with this reality of, you know, am I in the right place? Is this the right environment for me? Am Mm -hmm. I surrounded by the right people? Is, is this giving me, is this bringing me joy or is this hindering my personal being? So these are all topics that we're going to get into, but for all that and so much more, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Anika. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you on the program. Thank you so much and welcome to the Waking Awesome podcast. Thank you so much for having me and and thank you for saying all of that. I definitely, um, that's kind of been my big focus this year. I always try to be real. Like people always say, keep it real, but I really have been wanting to put a focus on just kind of bringing light to this issue, but doing it in a way that really truly is authentic to me. And um, somebody asked me, they said, what does that mean? I said, you know, honestly, I'm a little bit quirky. So I'm kind of like definitely that awkward black girl at times. But, you know, I like trap music. And this morning I did a gospel workout. So I love Jesus. But sometimes I cuss a little bit, too. So. There you go. It's totally fine. And he loves us the way we are. That's right. I, one, one, the way I want to start the conversation, because it really made me laugh when I heard this interview on the... Um, what was it? Uh, Courting Happiness podcast. I love with uh, Dr. Courtney. I forgot Dr. her name. Courtney, yes. Oh, I love girl. her. I love her so much. I'm definitely, and uh, I hope she doesn't hear this. I'm definitely going to reach out to her. I want to have her on, but you should uh, 100% reach out to her and I'm, I'm going to text her after we talk and tell her that you're going what? to what? Oh, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. okay so <laughs> we'll keep it between us and all the listeners. But what I enjoyed about your exchange is the fact that you did not shy away from letting us know that, you know what, um, you 
went through it, you went through the ringer. You went through a lot of unfortunate circumstances, both in the workplace. And why is it so important to speak up? And that's why I wanted to ask you the question. How do we recognize? It's a very low-hanging fruit question, but how do we recognize that we're being bullied in the workplace? How do we even begin? Because we get so, because as you spoke about it, we have a tendency to normalize it, right? Because as you said, sometimes we're surrounded by supervisors and their own leadership skill who say, no, they're being tough on you. That's tough love. They're building you up. Mm-hmm. But in your experience, that's not the case. Oh, that's not the case. And and there's there's really no scientific answer for this one, Ollie. It's really all in how how the criticism makes you feel. Right. Like we all have had moments where we've gotten actual, true, constructive criticism in my heart. You might not like it, but when you step back, you know, in your heart of hearts, this person is not trying to harm me. This person is trying to help me. I didn't like what he or she said. because mm-hmm. it, it, cut, it cut me a little bit, but I know that it came from a place of trying to make me better. I know that it came from a place of love. Versus the opposite when we know that that is not the case. And and I just like to level set with people of kind of the actual definition of workplace bullying that mm-hmm. I go by, which is actually the, the definition from the Workplace Bullying Institute, which is persistent mistreatment in the workplace that causes physical or emotional harm. So this can be verbal or nonverbal. It looks a little bit differently for everyone, but it could be, you know, practical jokes persistently practical jokes. It can be, you know, being purposefully misled about your work. So I call that work sabotage, where if you've ever been in a situation where you're given an assignment and you find out somebody else has all of the pieces of the puzzle, right? Like Mm -hmm. you put the the puzzle together and you miss in two pieces Mm -hmm. and the whole time, you know, the the person had the two pieces. Um, so, So work sabotage, it could even be things like consistent refusal of time off that can be perceived as workplace bullying. So it lo- it looks a number of different ways, mm-hmm. but what I like people to kind of really hone in on is that persistent pattern mm-hmm. of mistreatment that causes physical or emotional harm. Wow. And you mentioned that this going into it, you were actually very enthused, you know, to go into that company. You found the company, you saw the profile, you really polished up your CV and you went through the entire interview process it was nice, but then it wasn't. That's right. That's exactly the way it happened. I, I I I tell people now, it felt like a movie. Like it felt like almost um I like the devil wears Prada, if you've ever seen mm-hmm. that movie where yep. she goes yes, into yes, the ma'am. building and it's beautiful and the people are beautiful and you know, everybody's working at like the top of their game. You you're with the best of the best of the best. And that's what it felt like to go to work every day. If you could imagine for those first 18 months of having that job that you know this is the place for you, you are working as hard as you've ever worked, but you love it because every day brings a new challenge and you learn something new and you really feel like you're pushing yourself. And literally, Ollie, one day it felt like that. And the next day I was told, you're the worst person on my team. I have never had an employee as terrible as you. And How do you say that to someone with a straight face? I don't know. I, I I don't know, you know, and I, because people will often ask me, uh, and, and I get it, right? You, you're hearing this story and you might go, maybe this girl really was trash. <laughs> like maybe she was the worst person on the team, but there was no evidence of that. I had had a performance review probably just a couple of months before this happened. There was no evidence of that in the performance review. Um, 
And so, so there was no evidence for that. And I often will kind of think back to, even if that was the case, is there not a better way to say that to someone than to say it that way? Especially if this is someone that as a leader, you're thinking, gosh, this person is really underperforming, Mm -hmm. but I want to keep them on the team. I want to keep them engaged. I want to help them get them back to the place where they once were. Is there not a better way to even convey that? If that, if that were the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what, the, like listening to you and, you know, just making notes before the, before our exchange, I thought about a lot of conversation I have with my children because I hear bullying. You think about, you know, the school, you think about high school or preschool or middle school. And sometimes I tell my kids this, it's like, listen, you're allowed to feel the way you feel, but you are not allowed to be unpleasant about it. There's a way to communicate your frustration. There's a way to communicate the fact that you're disappointed and you don't have to use bad words and you don't have to be so, you know, so hurtful about it. And what I'm hearing and these and these, these, again, we're, we're actually talking about actual bullies. These people actually have this position of power, this position of authority and mm-hmm. bring that. And again, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is that you, in your experience, you understand that certain people should not be put in position of leadership because they Absolutely. will abuse of that power. Absolutely. Wow. That's so when you are in that position and you feel like you're choking, you feel like your identity is questioned. How do you crawl out of that darkness how did first of all how does that make you feel inside you're the worst person i've ever had in my team and how do you bounce back from that because a lot of us identify ourselves with our positions and our jobs and our careers absolutely and so one of the things that i learned kind of after going through this experience and and getting myself back to a place of, of confidence and competence One of the things that I realized happened to me in that very moment that is so important and so critical was that so much of my identity was tied up into that work. But what happened to me in the moment that that leader said to me, I was the worst person on the team, I believed her immediately. Wow. Did you? Right. So so when she said you're the worst person on the team, my brain didn't go. Well, there is no evidence for that. I just had a performance review. Right. All the things that I just said to you, Mm -hmm. my brain said. Oh no, this person, these people, this, this company that I respect so much thinks that I am underperforming. How do I become better? What can I do? And that's the conversation that we had. It went into, how can I get better? Tell me what to do. Tell me where I'm struggling. And so then I went on this mission of overworking myself. And doing all of these extra things so that I could try to win validation and get back into good graces with this group of people that I had had clearly fallen from grace from. Right there. There there was no getting back. There was no coming back from where I was. I was already on the train towards really a path that was going to push me out of that company in a negative way. And what does that say about. Because you've spoken a lot about that in terms of reclaiming your power. What does that say about the fact that because they're in that position of authority and because we want so much to, you know, to shine in that light of of, ex, of excellence, yeah. how much power we give them to do this to us, right? So how do we not, first of all, the question is twofold. How do we not lose ourselves mm-hmm. in this this shell of a career? Because at the heart is the individual. I'm saying this because I went through that. I'm hearing you. and I like, wow, that is something I totally, I totally understand. So how do we not lose ourselves in that shell? And at the same time, 
how do we not give them that power? Yeah. So I, I think for me, Ollie, I had no awareness that I was even doing this, giving these jobs and giving leaders and managers inside of corporate structures my power. I had no knowledge that I was doing that until until it was too late. And so I think now for me, there's definite work that happens. And there was work that happened every day. So part of the process, people ask me, how did you get back to a place from that? Part of just getting back to just, I had to ground myself in truth every mm. single day. Okay. And sometimes the truth was literally my curls are popping today. Sometimes yeah. that was sometimes that was all I could give myself. But I would cling to that every day that you know what? Maybe they might say I can't write today. Maybe I stumbled over that presentation, but at least my curls are popping today. I'm going, I'm going to hold to that. That Until little I win. Go back to a place of, well no, Zanika, look at your track record. Because one of the things specifically that that people said to me in, in my my toxic bullying situation, they chipped away at my my communication skills. Okay. I have been told since kindergarten, this kid needs to be speaking and writing. This kid has exceptional communication skills. So I have a I have a record, I have a track record of being a solid communicator. And yes. so that was part of my process every day of those things that they told me I couldn't do. You you can't write. You don't speak well. Wow. You shouldn't be going into meetings with executives because you don't speak well. People don't oh. understand you. How do you say that? And so that was how, I mean, I literally had to start filing away because it, it's, it's interesting that mm -hmm. at that same moment when, when certain people were challenging me, I was getting complimented from other people. Hey, great job on this thing. You know, VP saying, this is how you do this. And I had to start filing those things away and literally reading them every morning. Wow. So you, there's a, there's a personal story you shared that really, that you talked about this. That's what, that's what um, explains your personality. And I want you to explain what I believe are guiding compasses of your personality. So three guiding principles. So the first one being figure it out. Yeah. Second one being use your voice. And third one being don't be afraid to ask a question. Yeah. So I'd like us for the people listening to us to know where those guiding compasses come from and do they still resonate with you today? as North Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those, those, those guiding compasses, and I, I like that you said it that way. I'm going to steal that. Um, from you just <laughs> Go ahead. We're all, we're that. here to share. But they actually come from, um, someone had asked me, you know, who, who kind of shaped this, this woman that is talking to you now. And those principles come from my father who never, ever would answer a freaking question for me. So growing up, I would ask him and, and, and I was I was naturally curious. So I would ask all these different types of questions and my dad would say, well, look it up. And it wasn't just like, go look it up. You're getting on my nerve. You're asking too many questions. He expected me to go find the answer, bring it back to him. And then we would discuss mm -hmm. the answer, right? So I had to kind of this come is before to Google. with a solution and then we could discuss it. And then my grandparents, who really kind of drilled that there's no such thing as a stupid question. My, my grandmother, who 
was bedridden. My sister and I were actually talking about how she had seen my grandmother walk. I never saw my grandmother walk ever in my childhood. She was completely bedridden by the time I came along. But, you know, she she ruled our family from that bed with her finger. But she would always encourage me to ask questions. And so we would have these conversations, my my five, six year old self with this very aged, wise woman. And she would encourage me to ask questions. And my mother would encourage me to use my voice. So you have kind of those three people have instilled those principles in me that really led me to this place of I'm, I'm just naturally curious. And, and I feel like now I am a woman who can figure it out. That's what I, that's what my father taught me. I know how to pretty much any problem that comes my way. One of the first things I say to myself, I just said it to myself this morning is you can figure this out. Like there's an answer for this and you can go find it. Um and I am not afraid to ask questions. I think that that's something that comes out as being being a coach. You have to be naturally curious to really understand what's the story that someone is holding in on to, what's stopping them from releasing that story. You know, when people will say things to you, it's like, oh, where is that coming from? Right. And and not because people always ask with coaching, like, how did like do you get tired? And some coaches do. I don't. Um, because I, I don't get in, I don't get into people's story with them. I can get naturally, I can get curious about what it is that they're saying and help them confront where that's coming from. And so, yes, those three guiding principles are still wow. very much embedded in this person. I love it. I love it. Why I was asking is because it's it's really it bubbles out of you. Because I heard you say it in a, in a previous exchange, as you mentioned, and I'm like just. Just, I, we, again, we've only met very briefly over the past couple of weeks, but I'm like, that is so true. Like you bring that curiosity and you bring that level of simple, you know what? There's no something as a dumb question. And what is so wrong with speaking up? And you mentioned that because I understand that. And for the people listening to us, and especially because we do have a lot of women listeners, um, the fact that I believe that sometimes we don't want to speak up about those aggressions or those is uncomfortable situations because we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. We don't want to come off as, as they like to say, the difficult, angry black woman. You don't want to be perceived as difficult or <laughs> abrasive. And I'm saying this because these are real conversations. Yeah. And I'm guessing that those tools are something that in your groups and in your coaching, in your coaching practice that you have to teach constantly because in our position as people of color we often have to conform and we often have to adjust and we have to navigate certain waters that most people aren't familiar with and these are very difficult and comfortable conversations we need to have and how how do you approach someone a client or your groups in having those conversations ladies you need to speak up ladies you need to again Okay, do we just speak out? Do we go speak to HR? How how, how do you yeah. navigate that? Well, I, I mean, I think for, for people of color, particularly women, because that, that and I will say that because that's the group of, of people that I work primarily with. One of the things that I, I tell my clients and we talk about in our groups is understanding when you want to use your voice, because I think that we oftentimes carry this expectation that we have to address everything. And sometimes, and as you'll know, addressing every situation sometimes is met with consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always every every action, there's a reaction. And so for, for, for my clients, especially those who are dealing with traumatic workplace situations, bullying, very, very toxic environments, 
I really work with them to pinpoint what are the things that you absolutely feel like you must address? Because some things we just don't have the we just don't have the energy to address everything. And I think that that is also a part of why so many of us are burning out because we do feel this expectation to carry everything, to address everything, to fix everything. And we are a collective. And so I just believe that I have the things that I'm going to not tolerate and speak up on. And and those things do fall into the lines of bullying, disrespectful um, interactions with other teammates, um, when I see groups of colleagues that might be discriminating against someone who has been a group who is from a group that has traditionally been marginalized, Mm -hmm. those are the things that I absolutely will not tolerate and I will speak out on. But, you know, Bob making a silly comment, sometimes I just don't have the energy for that. But I believe there's a sister out there or there's a brother next to me that that's his issue and he's going to address. But I think for us, sometimes a part of just, being able to function in these environments is really understanding what are my core values. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I stand on and I'm not going to burn myself out trying to address every single thing. And I say that because there are a lot of things. There's a lot going on on a work shift, just one Mm -hmm. eight to five work shift. There's a lot going on. And, um, you know, not just the people, but the environment, the circumstances, the clients. And you know what? As much as you want to say, oh, leave home at home. And like, well, I believe, uh, who was it? Who was it? Jim Rohn, who said, oh, when you're at work, when you're at work, work, when you're at play, play, don't mix the two. But you have to be real. This is the real world. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I had a fight with my ADHD kid who's afraid to go to school because she had a tiff with her friend and she's crying and every, like, that's on my mind as a parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that is a part of why we have so much toxicity, so much burnout, so much terrible leadership is because especially, I mean, in in the working world, in the corporate world, you know, we all have that check your feelings at the door. And I and I kind of equate that with what do you want me to check my humanity at the door? Mm-hmm. So that I don't under so that I don't recognize when someone is mistreating me. I don't recognize when I'm being bullied. So that when someone says to me in a very disrespectful way, "You're the worst person I've ever encountered," I internalize that and go into this mode of how can I fix this? Is that why you want me to check my feelings at the there door? There you go. There you go. And so one of the things that I do with with my clients is no bring your feelings back because mm-hmm. that's your first line of defense of when something has gone awry, right? Because my feelings told me immediately something is off in this exchange. But wow. to your earlier point, I didn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, this is the place to be. These are the people to be with. This is the job to have. This is what I wanted. Gonna, this is what I prayed for. This is what I wrote this down. Is right. I, all of this, right? Like, this is what so many other people are working towards. And I am here and I have all of these things. And we start to lie to ourselves. There's the word. Right. We start to lie to ourselves because my feeling, my inner being, my inner knowing, my intuition told me this chick is off and this is not going to get better. Like I I saw, (laughs) like I felt it like, ooh, this this is not going to get like this is not a one off thing. She's not having a bad day. Something is off here. But I started to lie to myself. And and that's the part of the 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 work that I do that, you know, it, it can be a little woo, but. Now you're out of alignment, right? Because now you know in your spirit, your spirit is waking up and telling you, pay attention. And now you're functioning out of alignment. Wow. 
So it's important to actually be honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And I, I heard you say it, you know, lying to ourselves, convincing ourselves, no, this is good. This is what I wanted. I've been good. They've been good to me. I've been here so and so years. This, this, like, this, this is, this is okay. There was just, this was just a bad day or they were just, they're, they're just having a, this, it's probably me. It's probably me. It's probably me. Well, no. If in your heart of hearts, if what I'm really uh, catching back to what you're saying, if you know in your core and you feel and understand and believe that no, it is not me and I will not stand for it, that takes courage. But that also takes a very solid sense of self-worth. Mm -hmm. And that's something we're very big about here on the show is because that a lot of us lose sight of that. In Absolutely. terms of, you know what, I am this valuable. I do value myself. I do, there's that word, love myself enough to understand that, no, I will not stand for this bullying. I will not stand for this discrimination. I will not stand for these, not, I'm not going to say like, you know, um, it was an unfortunate incident. No, it wasn't. It, the joke wasn't funny. <laughs> it right. wasn't funny. All right. And I thank you for being so vocal about it. And is it something, well, of course, it's going to take a lot of work. And, but are there some practical steps that we can take? You know, because some people are listening to us, whether they're working at McDonald's, whether they're working in a bank, or they're working a high corporate job. How do we take the necessary steps to de de deconstruct what's happening to us and to take steps forward? Are there some practical steps we can take? You know? Yeah. So one of the steps that I, I kind of often will tell people to start with is acknowledge acknowledge your truth, right? Because particularly those of us who are working, those are of us who identify as strong and high achieving and power players. We often will say, no, I'm good. I'm all right. It's cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. And then you go home and you unload on your partner because you're not fine. <laughs> and so one of the first things that I have people to acknowledge is to do is just acknowledge the truth of what happened to you, particularly if if you were bullied, because to your point, when I say bullying or when anybody says bullying, we have a picture of what that looks like in our mm -hmm. head. And it's usually somebody who's much younger than those of us listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a child. Mm -hmm. And so as an adult who has very adult problems, it is difficult to say, I was bullied at work. Mm -hmm. People are embarrassed to say that. And so I, one of the first things what I mean, I you were bullied at work. Exactly. Exactly. How can a how can a grown almost cuss? How can a grown man be bullied at work? How can a grown person be bullied? That doesn't happen. Which is actually something I told myself when I first like the term before I actually started researching it, and I was like, I was bullied. I I, I feel like that's the right word for what happened to me. And there was this other voice again lying to myself. That doesn't happen. Adults don't get bullied at work. It's a right? very and real so we thing. take a moment to acknowledge that and literally say that out loud or whatever it is for you. I was discriminated against. Right. Right. And you can't, you can't, you should not tolerate that. And as much as, and I do believe in put into the power of pen and paper. And you know what, if you just, you don't want to say it, write it down and read it again. Absolutely. Even if you have to yeah. shred it afterwards, but write it down, look at it. They're like, okay, I was bullied. Yeah, I was and look hurt. at it and, and feel that, right? And, and and that's the other part of it too. Now, how did that make me feel? 
Like, tell me the truth of what happened. And don't give me that. It was like, I'm good. No. I'm fine. I was hurt. I was embarrassed. It didn't feel good. I was ashamed. I had no confidence. Like, tell, like, really get real about and acknowledge the truth of your situation. And then the other thing that we start to do is we really start to identify. Now, what is a lie? What is a lie from your negative, toxic work environment? Mine, I already shared, was you could not, I'm not a good communicator. Mm -hmm. And I believed that lie so wholeheartedly that I went through a period where I stopped writing. And I, I could not write emails anymore. Is that deep? It was that deep. Wow. And so we have to, I call it drop the lie because most of us have one Mm -hmm. and it usually is some thread of I'm not good enough. It's some thread of that. Mm -hmm. And so drop that. And what's the truth? And, you know, the thing is, I see it as call it either a coat or a vest that they hand it to you, but you're the one who puts it on. They don't put it on you, You but they hand you the vest. Like You're the the one who puts it on. Absolutely. You They've convinced the you that this fits you. Yes. And and this is why I applaud you because I'm pretty sure that with all the women that you know you are graciously helping, it's a lot of work to help them shed that and throw it away mm-hmm. and understand that no, this is not you. Who you are is a beautiful, capable, able, and yes. powerful woman. And you need to believe that within you. And I believe that's the foundation. Personally, you have to change the mindset. You have to you change the reality. And that takes you a lot You have to of change work. the mindset. Um, and the other thing that I always tell people too is I get it, right? Because, you know, I, 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 so many women come to me in this state of complete hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I know exactly like where you are. I understand this notion of like overworking yourself and putting in the extra hours. But I want people to understand that that's that is a symptom of the environment. So if if you feel like, you know what, I'm normally like the go to person, this stuff doesn't impact me. And you're like, now I I do need to work on my confidence. It's a symptom of staying in a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. Wow. One thing that so I often confess to my wife. Because sometimes she does say like, you know, well, you probably should start, you know, a coaching group or a men's group. You should probably lead a a talk group or something like, babe, you know what? I can't do that because I'm so much of a sponge because I take on people's energy so much and so well. Sometimes at some point I'm afraid I'd burn out. Mm -hmm. And for you and your practice, you, you're open. You're, you're, you're about that. You are about serving. You're about, you know, helping. And that's the thing. You have to open a lot more of yourself because it's a two way street, right? How do you keep yourself? level because a lot of i'm sure the 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 ladies you deal with are dealing with some pretty traumatic experiences and how do you keep yourself sheltered and level and stable because that that is a concern isn't it it's it's not for me surprisingly it's not a concern for me because i i am healed from my situation right my my scars is healed it's not a scab so when i hear these stories yes i can relate but i'm not i'm not transported back to that place. And so when I am am with my clients and I'm hearing where they are, I actually can do that work because I know where they're going to be. Right. 
because I understand my own journey and I know where I am now. And so I hold on to that when I'm coaching and working with them. I hold on to that belief that I get it, sis. I know exactly where you are. Cry if you need to cry. Yell if you need to yell. But just know that I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to walk with you to the other side. Because there's another side of this. There's another life on the end of this, this journey, on the end of this experience that you haven't yet tapped into. But I've seen it and I know it and I'm going to hold that for you and I'm going to walk with you. And it's it's always so funny because I'll say that sometimes to my clients. I'm like, you know, you will get to a place where you can see that person's name in an email thread and it won't it won't even bother you. And they mm-hmm. laugh. They're like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you because I believe I'm always going to feel the way that I feel right now. And I'm always like, just I'll you remind wait. you when we get to that point, I'll remind you. <laughs> just you wait. I got you. I got you. Can you see, can you share, you know, just a, a, a very short success story? Like you saw this person say last year and who they were and a testimonial or something where they came back and you're like, there you go. There yeah. you are. I knew you well, were there. <laughs> so I won't say her name, um, but I, I had a client who, I mean, her experience was, was one of the worst. It was almost just mirror to mine. And I remember our, our first few sessions where she just could not get out of the story. And every session she wanted to relive and she wanted to tell me where she was and what was said and how all this happened, which is a part of this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember having that exactly the conversation that we just said, where she was having she was ha- she was having some great strides and her bully's name popped up in like an IM chat, like a Teams chat. Mm-hmm. And it wrecked her day. <laughs> wow. And luckily we were having our session like that same day and she was like it ruined my day. Like just seeing her name I it just it I, I, was, that I was visceral. Yeah, I was hurt and I was angry and I I was resentful of the other people on the team. And I remember saying to her, I was like, you are going to have, you're going to have a day where she's going to pop into a group chat and it's not going to phase you. And she flat out said to me, I do not believe you. I said, I don't believe you. And um, I remember saying to her, Yes, you do. You believe me because you wouldn't have invested in coaching if you Mm -hmm. didn't believe that that life existed. And so we kept doing our work together and she came back at the end of our our, um, coaching relationship. And she said she wanted to network and, and, and look into some other positions. She wanted to go bigger in the company. And she said to me that she was going and this was a few years ago. So COVID, right? She was going to an in-person networking event Mm -hmm. and she knew that the probability of her bully being there was pretty high. And she said to herself, but I'm not going to let her stop me from another potential great opportunity for myself. And I had to remind her of when she did not believe that that person's name could be spoken or even seen and she not have a reaction. And she had gotten to a place where she was willing to put herself physically in the room with this person. Wow. So we went from seeing the person's name on the team's chat to not even letting the person's physical presence at a networking event stop us from our own greatness. 
So we have reclaimed our power. Yes. Guys, this is this is very symbolic because you guys need to understand the power is within you. The choice is within you. How you feel is not your choice, but your reactions and your actions, your decisions, that is totally your choice. Yeah. Man, that is that is crazy. Um I know you're a very busy lady. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up just in a little bit, but I did have a question. I always, because I'm, I'm a parent and I always like to always look down the road. I've had my fair share of life experiences, but I always like to look at the word world coming down the pipeline for my kids. And how do we, again, they have their own bullies on the schoolyard. And I believe that certain life experiences are inevitable. You have to have your own bullies at some point. You ain't gonna have to, I wish they wouldn't, but it's going to happen. I did. It wasn't fun, but I survived. So I guess my question was, how, what are the stepping stones that we need to give them, you know, to not face this work life that's coming down the pipeline and learn to identify their bullies or their bullying circumstances early yeah. so they don't have to endure them as long as they should, no, any longer than they should? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we can do, and, and I don't have children, um, but I have I have a 17 year old niece. She'll be 18 here in a couple of weeks. And we are very, we're very, very close. And we have lots of interesting conversations now that she's uh, 17 and going to be Amazing. off in the world very and they soon. they have their own brains. Yeah. And so I often think about, right, would I, would I want her to encounter the same work environment that we have right now? So this is something that I think about very often. And my approach to this is, I am training her to be the kind of woman that when someone says you're the worst person on my team, she knows that it's a lie right away. Yes. And she knows that she doesn't have to tolerate anywhere where she is not going to be treated well. And so that is what I, I think that is one of the strongest things that we can offer to our young people is to get rid of this notion now that to put it all on the line for a job, right? I, I think that we have really done a number on this idea of what it means to be successful and be a successful person of color and what kind of job you have to have and what kind of work you have to do. Mm -hmm. And I really just teach her now to, to understand who she is, to use her gifts and her talents in a way that can help her take care of herself um, so that when that opportunity comes, when the time comes, because I, I, I I'm sorry, but I, I don't believe that we're going to eradicate bullying and racism no, and negative work environments by the neither time that she gets to, to the working world. But I want her to have a sense of you do not, <laughs> you do not have to accept this because I think that was one of the things that angered me the most when I really found out what was happening to me was all of the advice that I got from mentors and other people was if you're just go if you're going to work, this is just how it is. This is just what you have to this accept. Is I was in a Everybody place went where, through this. So you should. Right. Right. And I was in a place where I was depressed. I had gained 20 pounds. I mean, I, I felt like mentally my mental state was deteriorating. And I remember being like, if this is it, how, like how sway, how, how, how am I how? going to sustain this? How? For another 30 years. And so I really think that if we could teach our young people how to not put their entire identity and, and define a successful life, which is really the work that I do with my clients of defining what a successful life looks like for you, mm -hmm. because at the end of life, I doubt any of us are going to say, I'm so glad I worked at that company. 
what really matters and what it really means to be successful and have a successful, fulfilling life is, I think, one of the best gifts that we can offer to the next generation so that they understand that work is a very small part of your life. Of your life. And when work is not good, you get a different piece of work so that you can have 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 a better a better life, right? There you go. There you go. But it's, you don't let work overtake your life. Work it, work does not define you. It work does, does not. not define you. You're so right because yes, everybody has bills. Okay, your dreams cost money. Right? That's right. That's okay, and that's totally okay. But at the end of the day. Is it, am I going to, am I going to feel better about myself? Like, you know what? Yeah. You know, I went to work on a Saturday, even though I'm the only person in the office. Okay. And (laughs) yeah, sometimes you have to, I did that guilty. And I believe in the grind. I believe in putting in the effort. I believe in sacrifice. I believe in, you know, certain things that are going to require a little bit more out of you to whom much is given, much is required. But at the end of the day, what really matters to you and you need to be accountable for that. If you want to be spending 80 hours a week on your job, totally fine. That is your reality, but you have to be willing to accept it. I love what you said. And you need, we need to be very intentional and very thoughtful about the lessons that we are teaching the next generation. Man, I am so, so full of energy right now. Wow. Zanika, I can't thank you enough uh, for this privilege and this time, this expertise, this, this knowledge, and this wisdom. It's been, again, a true honor to have you on. Let us not lose each other. This is not the last of our conversation. We'll definitely keep in touch on the Instagrams of the world. And definitely, if ever, this is really an open invitation, man. Like, seriously, like, you know, you're one of the alumni. Like, officially, you're part of the tribe. Anytime you want to be back on, reach out. As you know, it wasn't complicated to get together. So open invitation. Anytime you want to be back, it will be a pleasure to have you back on. Well, thank you. I would love to come back on. This was great. Uh, shameless plugging time, as I like to say. Like, if the interwebs, in the, in, if the uh, tribe wants to connect with you, follow up and uh, catch up on uh, your awesome, awesome content, where can we reach out to you? Yeah, you can find me. I am heavy in the internet street. So it's Zanika Chatman with a T on LinkedIn and Z underscore Chatman on Instagram. And I'm, I'm still on Facebook, y'all. Um, but it's Zanika Chatman on Facebook as well. Awesome. Awesome. We do have a running tradition on the podcast, just as like the closing, closing thought, if you will, what I like to call the the next step. It's uh, not putting you on the spot. It's just, as I like to call in this world towards staying awesome and walking our own journey, a next step, a book, a quote, a daily habit, a personal affirmation that anyone, anyone listening to us right now can actually use and wake up tomorrow as their next step towards their next level. Is there anything we can leave the listeners with? Yeah, so I've been using, uh, I'm not real big on affirmations, but um, one of the things that I have been using um, a lot recently in my own life is this concept of be her now. So whatever pronoun works for you is really thinking about, you know, your future self, right? Mm -hmm. For example, let's say you had a goal of being a millionaire, right? Well, be her now, be him now. How would the millionaire version of you go up today, right? Because we, we put off like, luxury because I, I luxury is kind of one of my like things on my vision board because mm-hmm. I, I haven't just done it a lot okay. I haven't treated myself a lot That's but okay. it's like not necessarily expensive right but it's like how could you have luxury in your nice life nice things today? it's okay I love it I love <laughs> but it. sometimes it's not even that like for me like luxury today was I got up a little bit earlier and I mm-hmm. took a longer time to like savor my coffee 
Mm-hmm. So I had a nice, long, luxurious sip of some really good coffee today. Not to always be on the run, not to always do anything. Yeah. And it's- so, so whatever it is that, that you're shooting for, you know, gosh, I want more peace. I want more joy. Well, be her now. Be the joyful, peaceful version of yourself today and show up in that way today. Show up. Show up for yourself and stand in your own greatness. My God, I am... I'm high-fiving you from all the way from Canada. Wow, this is amazing. Guys, my guest, the wonderful and amazing, awesome Zanika Chapman has been our guest for this evening. Please do, do, do go follow her on Instagram. I will leave all the appropriate links in the show notes once this show goes live. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the journey. Zanika, it's been an honor and a thrill. Again, guys, again, go show some love, show some support. And guys, as always, thank you so much for all the amazing, amazing support of the Awakening Awesome journey. As always, stay blessed, stay safe, as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.